Appreciate it, Pastor. Love you. You got to bend down. <laughs> Woo! All right. Hello. Good morning. Um, boy, I will say that uh, RLC is truly a gift. Can anybody? Uh, how, how many other feel that way? Right. And uh, I got to tell you, it's been a long time since I've been about a pulpit. Um, I grew up in church, and I actually went to a seminary. Uh, went to seminary for four years, and it was just a preacher boy school up in North Carolina. And so this is what I thought I was going to do with the rest of my life. And then uh, the Lord had other plans for me and transitioned me into marketplace ministry. Um, the world would call it business, um, but uh, to me, I, I'm still in ministry. Uh, God just has me doing it another way. And I'm very thankful uh, for the way that God has uh, chosen to use me and my wife. But uh, we're really blessed to be here. We've been, I'm originally from Wisconsin, so I'm going to say a few words that aren't going to make sense to you. Um, we say some things properly up there. You're all still work, you know, working on catching up. But uh, now I have started using the word y'all, so I think I'm an official Southerner, okay? I still do not eat those things called that and and greens oh collards that's what it is oh my goodness my goodness here's what i know people always tell me well you're not putting enough vinegar on it well that right there tells you it's not good when's the last time you had to put vinegar on your cheesecake right it's just good as it is all right Y'all might want to reevaluate them collards things, but uh, so super thankful to be here. So I, I moved down for college, and uh, then I met my wife there, and and uh, so I met my wife there, and then, uh, sorry, give me one sec. She's still alive. Okay, everybody's like, God, oh, what's going on? All right, we're good. And uh, so I met my wife there, and then we went, we moved. Once we graduated, we were in Shelby for a couple of years. Shelby, North Carolina. Anybody know where Shelby is? Right? So in Shelby, North Carolina for a couple of years, and then we moved to Greenville like 10 years ago. And uh, we had found a home church that we were going to, and it had, the pastor had moved, was called other places, and so Holly and I were without a home church for quite a while, and we were searching and searching, and, and there was a couple things that we were looking for. Um, one of them was being, we wanted to make sure that the, the pastor was spirit-filled, uh, and uh, I know you're like, well, isn't every pastor spirit-filled? They might be, but not all of them preach the truth and, you know, and give us something to chew on and preach the whole word, Right? Um, another thing is, is that my wife and I were looking for a multicultural church, and uh, thank God there's still some around. And so, very thankful for RLC. And since we've been here, we've been ab we've absolutely loved it. And uh, as you guys know, there's times when we're out of town, um, but Pastor has been nothing but a blessing to my wife and I. And uh, I don't know for many of you, and we hope to continue to be that same blessing to our Pastor back. And I will say that one of the things, if I can just encourage something for everybody, is Let's make sure that we don't keep RLC a secret. Um, there are a lot of people out there that are looking for what this church provides and what this church has. Um, again, when, we, when Holly and I came and we heard uh, Pastor Jimmy give his first message, we said, this is the real deal here. Uh, this guy's not a marketing strategist. This guy's a preacher, right? This guy's not, uh, he's not, he's not out looking to make sure he's keeping everybody happy. He wants to make sure that he's preaching truth to set people free. And that's what it's really all about. If we're coming to church for anything other than that, I would dare say we're coming to church for the wrong reason. And so it's just good to be in a house where the spirit is and where obedience is. And, uh, and just to see a pastor that's been so faithful, um, for so many years, uh, tra traveled all over the country, and just really just going wherever God has told him to go. And, uh, and then right here in Greenville, it's always kind of funny when Pastor talks about his story. You know, he was willing to go to Poland. He was willing to go to Russia. He was willing to go to all these places. And then said, God said, go to Greenville. And Jimmy paused. 
But boy, am I thankful that he's right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up about it. So, oh yeah, just another thing. I always get this out of the way for folks because I don't want this question in your mind the whole time. I'm 6'8", and I do not play basketball, all right? Um, I am what you call a total waste of height. I was a farm kid growing up, so I did the complete opposite. I pulled weeds, uh, milked cows, uh, pet animals, and then put them in the freezer, and then... Uh, <laughs> And so that was just my upbringing. I, I had the, uh, I was just a farm kid. My dad, I come from very middle-class America. My dad was a truck driver until he retired. And so uh, that was my story. And I grew up in a Christian home. It's one of the things I'm excited about sharing uh, today is I had the opportunity to grow up in a Christian home and uh, was saved at a young age. I was 13 years old when I gave my life to Christ. And, um, but what I'm excited about is pastor is going over a series right now about the blessing, right? Uh, we also hear about, you know, keys to the kingdom might be another way that we could hear it. And it's a very, very exciting conversation. It's a very exciting topic or truths in the Bible. Uh, because for many people, they hear, we hear salvation, right? And salvation, and that's great. But let's not forget that there's, a whole, there, that there's a whole life that comes after salvation. And there are, there are blessings that come with salvation. And obviously, you know, we get saved from our sin and we're back in relationship with Christ. And, uh, and then when we pass, we don't spend an eternity in a lake of fire, but we get to spend eternity with Christ in heaven. And, uh, and so absolutely thankful for salvation but I got to tell you and we'll kind of get more and more of the context as we go along but even after having gotten saved there was still a lot of renewing that had to happen in my life there was a lot of mindset change that happened had to happen in my life and one of the things that that uh, one of the things that always grips my heart is that there's a lot of people out there that are believers but don't know how to stand in authority they don't know how to stand walking in the blessing I, I relate it to, you know, often, let's say we, I relate it to the law, right? If you don't know the law, then you don't know what rights you have. Um, I think back to um, when, we had, when there was slavery, the worst thing that a slave could do was learn how to read, right? Because when there was a lack of knowledge, where there was a lack of understanding of the law, then there was perpetual slavery, there was no way to have freedom. There was no way to walk in authority. There was no way to combat the enemy. And for many folks, they have salvation, but then as soon as situations occur or things happen, they fall right, and the only thing they know how to do is reside in the flesh. So they've got the spirit man inside of them. They've got a new creation inside of them. They've got a, 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 a the, the Lord says that the old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. There's a new person in there just got the the leading of the holy spirit in them you know christ says he's when the apostles were talking about jesus was talking about hey i'm gonna i'm gonna leave but it's better that i leave because there's going to become one greater than me and it's the holy spirit and what's beautiful is, is that with salvation the holy spirit that gift of the holy spirit resides in each of us and so we have the power and the strength and the authority of Christ in us but all too often we're not living in that authority all too often and it's because there is this continual battle that we as believers are going to have and that's going to be the battle of the flesh with our spirit and so we hear for the next couple of weeks pastor is going to be preaching on some really good spiritual truths but you know what it's going to confront, it's going to, it's going to be like, you ever take a magnet and have two sides and they don't, they kind of don't line up? It is going to confront your flesh. See, oftentimes we think about the flesh in terms of sin, but, the, but, but it's understanding that we can still be walking in the flesh as it relates to our finances. We can still be walking in the flesh as it relates to our health. 
We can still be walking in the flesh as it relates to our words, into our thoughts, and into our actions. And it's realizing that we don't need to do that anymore, but that there's biblical, spiritual principles that, that we need to get our mind and our spirit to align so that we begin to walk those things out. You know why, you know, I, I'm getting super ahead of my message, so maybe I should just start from the beginning. That's right, rabbits, that's right. But the word says that as believers, we're bold as a lion. Do you realize that God calls us lions? Do you realize that in the word that God calls us overcomers? That God calls us victorious? That God says we've already won, right? Now, that is a truth that we as believers need to stand in. Because it doesn't matter what happens in the world. It doesn't matter what the bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what, 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 what the health code looks like. We are these truths. We are these things. But there is a renewal that has to happen to where we begin to walk in those truths and not just say, well, I'm saved, yes, I'm a believer, and then we just allow the world to fill our mind and determine how we think, what we do, and how we act. That's not walking in the authority of the Scripture, and, you're gonna, and it's going to be a losing proposition. You know, many times you hear people say, man, I got saved, and my life is still, you know, hell in a handbasket. Well, why is it? There's been no renewal. They've got a new spirit, but there's been no renewal. Lewis, for many, many years, walked with a new spirit, but had, did not have a renewed mind. So I had a new spirit, but I hadn't renewed the mind, and so I didn't understand the authority that I had in my life. And uh, it wasn't until I, I went through college, and then it wasn't until I had gotten out of college that somebody began to show me the truths or the authority that I have now as a believer. And I had to start adjusting the way that I thought. I had to start adjusting the way that I looked at things and understand I've got God on my side. I've got God, and it doesn't matter what's going on. God is on my side, period. God is on my side, period. What is the answer? God is on my side. What? God is on my side. God is on my side. We get bad news? God is on my side. And it's ironic that that's something that has to be, you know, sometimes too often, again, we, we follow too, we take biblical truth and then we follow it up with but. And we insert humanity which immediately negates the power of that truth. So we're given a biblical truth, and then we're like, but so-and-so says this, so-and-so says this, this says this, this is what I see, this is what I feel, and we're completely negating the truth that has been given to us. As pastors going through this series, my, my prayer is, is that you will take it incredibly seriously because the reality is, is that for you to really embrace the keys of the kingdom and understanding the blessing, it's going to have to, it's going to have to, it's going to be up to you to do some additional work and effort outside of these four walls. It's not something you're going to get in a 30 minute message from pastor. It's not something you're going to get in a 40 minute message. What it is, is that it is a lifestyle of renewing and diluting the flesh and, 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 and the wickedness of our minds because it has not been renewed. That is a personal responsibility that all of us have. But first of all, I just want to go through real quick that the, the ultimate gift, and I know that um, some of these verses are going to sound really familiar, and oftentimes we can feel that when we're in church, we're speaking to a bunch of believers. Um, but we don't ever want to take that assumption. And, um, and so there's just a few words because none of these truths, these truths, this authority that you have, preaches really good, but you're going to need to make sure that first and foremost, that you are a child of God. You can take a hold of these biblical truths, you can take a hold of these blessings, but are you a child of God? Has there been redemption in your life? Can you reflect back to the day that you accepted and acknowledged 
Jesus Christ as my Savior. And understand that I have a sin nature and that without him, I am lost. I am nothing. That when sin entered into the world, it created enmity or, 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 or separation between me and my creator, between me and my heavenly father. You do recognize that none of us were created by mistake. You do recognize that none of us evolved from something, but that we were masterfully and beautifully created. You know why there's such an attack on the human image? Because you are made in the image of God. Get man to think of himself nothing more than an animal, and they will think of God as nothing more than an animal. It's important to recognize that each of us were created on purpose, for a purpose. But it starts, that purpose starts with you acknowledging, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of a Savior. So let me go through a couple verses here. And some of this stuff is going to be old King James. Is everybody okay with that? I kind of grew up in that. If you're Baptist like I was growing up, everything's King James, right? I mean, there's nothing else. So uh, don't tell my dad. I'm going to read a couple Passion Translations, okay, today. So and I might have to use my phone. I just remember all this stuff growing up, you know. It was, it was just, just too funny. Anyways, a lot of law. Let's put it that way, a lot of law. You know what's tough about law is that, you know why a lot of people live by law? It's because their human mind can understand it. They know how to follow rules. See, it's there's such a, like pastors just talk about, there's such a misunderstanding of grace, and they don't realize that grace is freedom. But because they don't know how, they haven't renewed the mind or they haven't renewed the spirit, they, they, feel, they, they misunderstand grace. Paul says it's not an excuse to do evil. And you won't have a desire for it. But in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, the word says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What a cool gift. <laughs> that when we were first created, we were in union with Christ. We fellowshiped with Christ. When you take it back to Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, who was it that they were chilling with? God. God, there was a relationship with God. And that was God's intent of creating man, was that he would have somebody to have relationship with. Of all the things he could have created, he chose you and I. How beautiful is that? Don't let anybody ever consider you a mistake. Don't let your mind allow, cause you to think that you're a mistake. You're on purpose. And then there was this thing that came, sin, and so then God sent his son so that it, to die a bloody death on a cross so that there could be redemption for our sin. That's the gift. Christ comes, provides redemption, dies on the cross. He takes all the sin of humanity, all of your sin, our sin, all the sin of humanity, and puts it on his son. Think about that. A holy God, a holy son. And it was the first time, was at that moment, that God had to turn his eyes away from his son. You know, Jesus' plea wasn't, why am I on the cross? Jesus' plea wasn't, you know, God, take me from this cross. Jesus could have done that in a moment. But Jesus' plea is, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And it was because it was the price that needed to be paid so that we could have an opportunity for redemption. What a gift. So it says that it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about what you can do. It's not about what you can say. It's not about what you can, it's not about what you can pray or, the, or, or the, the, the actions you can take. It is an acknowledgement that it is a free gift and it's an accepting of that free gift. In and of ourselves, there is nothing we can do for humanity. Christ says that even our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, meaning... Even in your best state, without Christ, we're still unholy. The only thing that, that brings holiness is Jesus, is a relationship with Jesus. Righteousness is when God sees us, he sees his son. When God sees us, he sees his son. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Again, a verse that we grow up and we hear all the time, but when we really slow down and think about the beauty of this verse. For God so loved the world, all of humanity, not a select few, all of humanity. God so loved, loved. That's you. That's me. God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. I'm not a parent yet. But I will tell you this, it would be very hard for me to sacrifice my wife for someone. Especially for those that I know the sin of. And even in that, God under knowing your sin, God knowing your unrighteousness, God knowing the mistakes that you would make, still said, I have so much love that I'm going to give my son so that they have a chance for redemption. What a powerful, powerful thought. What a powerful thought. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, doesn't say some, doesn't say, you know, a couple, doesn't say the, 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 the you know. But whosoever. Believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, I do, I do understand that uh, talking about afterlife can be something that you're like, hey, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's uh it's kind of taboo you know you can't you can't talk about there being a heaven or there being a hell and i just got to tell you that if there is any place that it should absolutely be taught it is in the church and i think that any person that has true love will exhort the truth and that there is a a heaven to earn but there is also a hell to shun and it is only shunned through the receiving of God. It is only received through his son. Romans 10, 9 through 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What do you mean, Lewis? I mean, is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? Acknowledging that I'm in need of a savior, acknowledging that I need redemption, acknowledging that I have sin in my life, but that God can come in and replace all of that, is it really that simple? It truly is that simple. It truly is that simple. And it's having that faith, that belief in Christ. And just receiving that gift of salvation. Man, what a beautiful thought that is. So there's a page here. But it's not flipping. So bear with me. You spend all this money on technology, then it doesn't work. Y'all pray for me. Okay, there we go. All right, great. This might be a real short message today. <laughs> Lord, make it not turn. So here we are. We get saved. We accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And we now have a renewed spirit, Right? But we still have this thing that we combat and that we battle, and it's this thing called the flesh, right? Now, how many of you wish we didn't have the flesh? I'm with you. I'm with you. That's that, 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 that puppy boy, you know, Paul even talks about it. He was in constant frustration. He's like, I've got this new man in me. I've got this spirit in me. And then, uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, I, I've got this new created spirit, you know, spirit, but I'm, I'm at war with my flesh and I do things I don't want to do. And, uh, and then the things that I want to do, I don't end up doing. And he just talks about this constant battle that he's having. And we as believers will always have this battle until we go to heaven, where we leave this flesh man behind and our spirit man is joined with Christ. But until that end, we still have what's called a flesh that we're going to battle. And it's, it's through this. See, the enemy understands that you may have a renewed spirit, but if I can control your flesh, then you'll have no power with the new spirit. You'll have no effectiveness with the new spirit. And boy, are there a whole lot of people under the control of their flesh, which are under, is under the control of the enemy. 
and there's fear and there's doubt and there's trepidation because their flesh is dominating their spirit. It is dominating their life. It does not have to be so for us as believers. When things go crazy in the world, if there's anybody that should be, this is our opportunity to shine. This is our opportunity to shine. But again, if you don't understand, if you don't know the truths that are in the word of God, if you're not studying beyond the four walls of this, and if you're not walking in the blessing, you don't understand the keys of the kingdom, then you are going to be out there responding as the world responds because, again, you lack authority because you don't know the truth. What does the truth say? The truth sets you free. And while there's a whole lot of people going under, getting chained up in fear and in doubt and in trepidation, we should be walking around bold as a lion, stepping on that stuff and saying, you know what? I know the truth, and the truth has set me free. The darker a room is, the more powerful a single ray of light is. But we have a responsibility. The, the, you think about the, the, the light in a room, and it's got a dimmer on it, right? And you've got like a real low, dim setting, and then you can amp it up to a real bright setting. You know, that's our spiritual walk. That's our spiritual authority. Depending on what we feed more or less will determine the brightness of that light. We'll, we'll determine the, the, the confidence or the conviction of that light that we have in each of us. Man, this is no joke. The world can be really depressing sometimes. It can be really disheartening sometimes. It can be really frustrating sometimes. But we've got, but God never changes. The, God's word never changes. God isn't out here checking the pulse on what's going on in society to determine whether his truth is still truth to determine whether his power is still power, to determine whether his freedom is still freedom. It's still all of those things. It's just, will we choose to walk in it? Will we choose to pursue it? Will we choose to fill ourselves up with it? It's there, it's available. And over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna hear from Pastor Jimmy, and I'll tell you what, it can change your life. I remember specifically when I was taught the keys of the kingdom and walking in the blessing for the first time. It set my wife and I free. We had grown up in Christian homes. We had grown up in church. We were youth pastors. We had done the whole thing our entire life, but there was no authority. There was no authority. We, we, we had a re recreated spirit, but then we were just pulled to and fro based on what was happening out in the world. Economy was good. Our economy was good. Economy was bad. Our economy was bad. People are healthy. We're healthy. People are sick. People were sick. And without understanding that there is a principle, and Pastor, I'm not going to go through them all right now, but there's principles that you don't have to participate out in the economics of the world. That kind of stuff needs to set you free, and you need to learn those truths. When it comes to the health, when it comes to all those things out in the world, you don't have to be under the burden of all of it. God has a plan for that. All of that was taken care of 2,000 years ago. But if we're not walking in that truth, enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The word says, I am come that you might have life and life more abundant. We can still be destroyed by those untruths. The believer can still be destroyed by those untruths. Now, when you pass away, you're still going to go to heaven. But hey, I, I'd much rather have a little bit of heaven here on, here on earth. His plan wasn't for you to suddenly get saved. And Pastor talked about this last week. It wasn't to suddenly get saved and then have a miserable life. But that's the enemy's plan for you. See, and he doesn't need to have your spirit to give you it either. He just needs to have your mind. As long as he's got your mind, he will make your life on earth hell. But we don't need to walk in it. Glory to God. It went back to the same page. Let's try this again. There we go. Okay, it flipped that time. Uh, so let me open, let me let me do this real quick. I'm going to go to uh, Romans eight real fast. Okay, because I just want to talk about how we have this flesh. Okay, there is therefore now no no, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful thought! What a beautiful. Verse, what a beautiful truth. 
The enemy will continue to dry, try to, contempt, to condemn you for your sin that has been redeemed by the cross, that has been redeemed by his son. And you no longer have to live under that condemnation. When you were saved, that was taken care of. And you can let that go. Can I really let it go? That's another gift. That's what was given in salvation. You don't have to walk under that condemnation, under that guilt anymore. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Isn't it funny how they did things in King James? To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Again, you now have, you've got a recreated spirit and now you have a choice to make on a daily basis. Am I gonna walk after the flesh today or am I gonna walk after the spirit? Am I going to listen to what's going on in the world around me, or am I going to go to the Word of God and stand on what the Holy Spirit says is true? We have a choice on a daily basis on how we're going to live our lives. One leads to freedom, one leads to life, and the other one leads to death and condemnation and slavery. But they that after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God even with that recreated spirit but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit he's reminding these believers hey listen you no longer have to be controlled by your flesh you're no longer dominated by your flesh you now have a recreated spirit but you're not in flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man be, have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And that's, that's, that's another, another reality that, that we need to be reminded of. Until you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there is no relationship. There's not multiple ways. There's not multiple people. There's one way and there's one person that true redemption is received. It doesn't matter how smart we get in society. Uh, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye leave it, live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Pretty clear. And unfortunately, it's happening all around us, even with those with a recreated spirit. Why? Because when it comes to their health, they've chosen the world's thoughts and not God's truths. Thankfully, we got a pastor that understands God's truths and says if there's ever a place you should stay, if there's ever a place that's essential when the world's going crazy and when people are in need, it is the house of Jesus. This is where we bring the burdens. This is where we bring the sickness. This is where we are set free and we get redemption. Don't let them take that away from you. It's wickedness. Boy, if you're overcoming something, you walk in this house and say, Pastor, I need some people to lay some hands on. This is the place to get rid of it. This is the place to overcome it. Where the power of God is. Because with his stripes, I am healed. 
Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye live after the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Ye shall live. It doesn't matter what's going out there. What does the word say? And this is what we need to stand on. Those that don't know Christ don't have this gift. They don't have this authority. They don't have this truth. Why do we listen to them? This is the truth of the word of God and it was given to us as a gift in salvation. Now it's available to anybody but my question is, is your life exemplary? Is it, is it showing the gift of what comes in salvation? Or are we living and making decisions just like everybody else so that there's no difference? Boy, I want to walk in the world with that boldness that God talks about. Boldness, lie, and understand it. All right? Man, when I think about it, it just it set, this stuff set me free. But there's something that has to happen. And it's the renewing of the mind. I want to turn to Romans chapter 12. And be not conformed. This is really the crux of what I want to come to tonight. Actually, today. Okay. (laughs) When you're in a gym, you have no idea what time it is. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many of you guys are excited about walking in the good and in the acceptable and in the perfect will of God? And I'm talking about living in it beyond the four walls of this church because pastor gave a good message. But I'm talking about living in it every day. Living in that good, acceptable, perfect will of God when you wake up in the morning, when you go to lunch in the afternoon, when you go to bed at night, you are walking in the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. I gotta tell you, the enemy's gonna try to steal that from you. You're gonna wake up in the morning and the enemy's gonna attack that mind and he says, God's will is not good, it's not perfect. You don't need to know his will. Let's go ahead and turn on Fox News. Let's go ahead and turn on CNN. Let, let's see what they tell me is the truth. And then right there, we talk about renewing in the mind and we're putting crap. I don't know if you can say that in church. I apologize. Putting stuff, C-Rap, right in your mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like I said, I haven't been on a pulpit for a while, so. Oh, man. <laughs> Sometimes I don't follow, I, I forget the etiquette. All right. Like it says in Romans 8, 6, again, we we already read this, but I'm just going to read Romans 8, 6 one more time. It says, for for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Again, another, a beautiful, in one verse, he gives us a perfect uh, 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 this or that. For to be carnally minded is death, death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Glory to God. That no matter what happens, there's life and peace. But it is a result of renewing our minds. You know, renewing our minds is something that we have to be super intentional about. I think that this is something that we don't really talk about a whole lot because we always kind of run to the, to the spirit, to the spirit, to the spirit. But sometimes we need to slow it down and recognize, you know, I've got a fleshly mind, and I need to renew that thing. And that's a personal responsibility. That's a personal responsibility. You know, the truths of the kingdom and, and the blessing were always in the Bible. But I still thought, but for many things, when it came to my finances, when it came to my health, when it came to, to my relationships, I still thought carnally. Why? Because I just made decisions based off of what I had seen my whole life. I saw poverty my whole life. That's how I made all my decisions but through the brain cell of poverty. Not understanding that, you know what, there's a new economic system that I now get to participate in after salvation. 
but do I know that truth? Have I renewed my mind to that truth? And, uh, and so when I first heard the, the sermon series, it was actually Ron Carpenter that preached for the first time that I heard it. And a lot of his stuff came from Miles Monroe. How many of y'all know who Miles Monroe is? And, uh, and so after I started hearing these truths, you know what I did? I started buying some books. Your mind need, is gonna, it's gonna take, it's gonna be a, it needs to become a lifestyle to renew that mind and to reprogram that mind. It's gonna be a lifestyle. You know, for some of y'all, you haven't picked up a book since college, I gotta tell you, you might have a recreated spirit, but if you're not renewing that mind, then you're still running off of old information. You're not, you can't walk in authority. You can't walk in truth. Your finances are gonna continue to be jacked up. Your health is gonna continue to be jacked up. I mean, because you don't have the principles. You haven't renewed that mind and that thought process. Believers, if there's anybody that should have some intelligence when it comes to income and finance, it should be the believer. But you know why we don't? It's because we might, you know, I got the spirit, I got the spirit, I got the spirit, but we're incredibly mentally lazy. And we let the flesh dictate our mind, and, and, we, and, and so all we know how to do to create income is labor. Why? Because that's all we ever saw. When that's not a biblical principle. All right, and so there is, but it's a renewing of the mind. So I started picking up some books. You're like, Lou, what books did you pick up? Well, picked up The Reader's Digest. No, I'm just kidding. I can't believe that's still around. How many of y'all remember? Any kids out there like used to pick up The Reader's Digest in the bathroom? I mean, you know, that's all there was, you know? It's so weird. You collect them? Oh, you used to. That's crazy. So how did you, what did you do? Do you still have them? Oh, okay, all right. Um, but I started picking up books by Kenneth Hagin. Uh, Financial Keys to Biblical Prosperity. I started digging into some books to renew my mind. See, I didn't know, I didn't have all this information. All I had was, you know, hey, we're believers. Now guess what? Here's what you signed up for. Struggle. <laughs> now, son, I know you got saved, but your life is going to be Real disappointing until you die. No, that is not true. That is not, that's not what the word says. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. That's what the word says. But you're going to have to renew the mind. So I picked up some Kenneth Hagin. Had to pick up some uh, Copeland. Had to just start digging into some books. And you know what? To this day, I mean, we started learning these truths I don't know, let's say, how many years ago, Holly? I guess 10 years ago? And it's a, you know what happens is, is that your mind, it's a continual dilution process, okay? So as you're living life, you're constantly bringing in information, true? And nine times out of 10, unfortunately, the information we're bringing in is not very good. It's not spirit-filled, let's be honest. We're out in the world, we're surrounded by people at work, we got TVs going in the break room. We got all this stuff. We got radios that is just, we got, we got social media now more than ever. And we have got the world just, pu just punishing our brains. And the enemy is using every bit of it to handcuff the believer. The word says we're supposed to set a gate before our eyes. Why? Because what we see goes to the brain. We're supposed to put a guard to our mouth. Why? Because what we say goes to our brain. And so we had to start being very intentional about renewing our mind. I wanted to live a victorious life. But I had to bring my mind. Paul says he had to bring his body under subjection. There's decisions that you make that are, that are there are decisions that I make that are stupid decisions, that aren't spirit-led decisions. But it's because I, I, I'm, I'm run, not running off my spirit and I'm not renewing my mind that I'm just making decisions off things I've seen or heard or done in the past. So as believers, we all one of the things that we need to do as pastors preaching, preaching on this series is that we need to really start to study these truths. I mean, I exhort you to really study these truths. Because as the world gets darker and things become more challenging, we need to be more strong. 
And we're not going to build our strength, our, our strength based on who's in political office. We're not going to build our strength based on what kind of money's coming down the pipe. We're not going to build our strength based on whatever our job is doing well or it's doing bad. We're not going to build our strength. This idea that things are going to go back to normal, I got to tell you, for the believer, it's probably not ever going to go back to normal. And the problem is, is that we as believers had accepted that the world before all of this was normal. When at the end of the day, it was all at war against God. It was all at war against your spirit. But what God has done is that he's pulled back the curtain and he showed you the spiritual warfare that's happening. But because people don't know, understand that, you know what? I've got armor to combat this spiritual warfare, but it's armor that I got to put in my mind. I got to read the word. I got to read, I got to get around the proper association. I've got to renew this carnal mind that I have so that I can walk in and, 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 and trudge through this battle and defeat the enemy in my life and walk in the biblical principles that God has given me. I tell you what, you live a liberated life. You know, Lewis, my liberation doesn't start until I go to heaven. No, your liberation started the day that you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Now walk in it. Now walk in it. And if you don't know how to walk in it, you don't know what the truths are, get in the Word and study it and figure out what they are. So that when, you know, the enemy, he keeps going to court and, 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 saying, and trying to hold things against you. Right? But when you know the truth, you say, you can't hold that against me. That's been redeemed. Here's what the word says. Here's what the word says. Something starts attacking your body. Ah, ah, ah. Here's what the word says. Some starts attacking your finances. Ah, ah, ah. Here's what the word says. Some starts attacking your finances. Ah, ah, ah. Here's what the word says. Your relationships. Ah, this is what the word says. Starts attacking your mind. Well, this is what the word says. Starts to bring back the old sin, the old, ah, this is what the word says. And over time, that spirit becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And that faith becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Till people say, you know, why, why does, and it's, you hear about these old men in the Bible, right? About how these miracles happened. And, and you know what? It's, it was the, the trying of their faith. The word says, let patience have its perfect work so that your entire lacking nothing. He's talking about strengthening your faith, building up your faith so that as a soldier, you know, some of you guys look real good in the body, right? I wouldn't want to fight some of y'all in the body, okay? You got a nice body, you're strong. My fleshly man would get, you would destroy me. I'm tall, but I'm not a fighter. I got to tell you, I'm a lover. People always ask me, I've ever gotten into a fight. I've never gotten into a fight. If, if things started getting interesting, I was the first guy down the sidewalk. I'll just tell you, all right? First guy down the sidewalk. I don't know what it's like to get punched in the face. I don't want to know what it's like to get punched in the face. I'm not interested. And we put, and we put so much, it's funny how society, we put so much emphasis on the outward man. We put so much emphasis on the outward man and we equip the outward man. We eat the right food and we go to the gym and we do all these things for the outward man. But if we were to get a snapshot of our inward man, some of us are incredibly anemic. We're fragile. We're bony. We're decrepit. We're all gnarled up. Haven't taken a shower in 10 years. Long, just looking nasty. And we wonder why our, our, our life is what it is. It's because where it counts and where it matters hasn't been built up. And your life is getting smoked by the enemy every single day. Smoked by the enemy every single day. And it's not God's plan for you. But we have to take that personal responsibility to gird up. To gird up, to build up that spirit man. So that we can walk in that authority. So that we can walk in that conviction. Boy, there's stinking freedom in that. You think about that. Just the, the enemy, he's just walking around trying to always put you down, put you down, put you down. Man, how, Lou, how can you just walk around with, how, what is it? How can you just walk around with, uh, with a smile and with a positive attitude? And, you know, you can read every self-help book out there that you want. But at the end of the day, they all lead back to the word. And you absolutely can. It says, let your light so shine. Let it shine. Yes. 
You know, what's funny is I would love to sing, but I'm the type of guy, I cannot remember words to songs. Have you ever had that problem? Put on paper for me, I love it. All right, awesome. I'll be in the shower and I'm just yelling because I don't remember the songs. I can't remember the words. All right, let's wrap up with this. Joshua 1.8, again, familiar verse. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. <sighs> Renewing of the mind. Renewing of the mind. What are we meditating on? Things that bring fear? Things that bring condemnation? Things that bring doubt? You have a choice. You have to choose what you're going to meditate on. What are you putting into your brains? Right now, you can't walk in boldness and watch the news every day. I'll just say that right now. Let me just tell you something. The news is lying to you, period. If it bleeds, it reads. They're after your clicks, they're after your eyeballs, and they're after the advertisers. It's all about money. They're not showing you anything for your best interest. I'm telling you like a friend. I don't remember the last time where I've like watched the news. I'm not interested. I've got my news. It was written 2,000 years ago. I don't need any other information. This is old school thought. Well, you got to know what's going on in the world. Why? I mean, what are you going to do about it? Except get scared and hide in your house. Except hide your light. That's what you're going to do. We aren't participating. Man, it's good to know that you don't have to participate in what's going on. I mean, it's, what, how freeing is that? You know, some of you are fretting over your 401k. You need to get into B-I-B-L-E-K. There's no K, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm not saying you don't have some financial literacy. We talked about that. You need to renew your mind. Absolutely. I had to do that. I was dumber than a box of rocks, and I kept blaming it on God. He's like, dummy, you need to renew your mind. You're still, you're still dealing with flesh. You need to learn how to think. We don't want to do that. It takes too much work. But there's freedom in that. There's freedom in that. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why? Why should I meditate on that all? I want to. It's not as fun as Instagram. <laughs> Some of y'all, what's crazy is, is you got a thumb that's connected to your body, but you don't control it. And it's ruining your life. It's your thumb on your phone. It's the thumb on the remote. And because you can't control that little specimen right there, it's destroying your life. Enemy loves it. He's eating it up. Oh, that's a believer, but he doesn't renew his mind. He's got as much wickednessism as a non-believer does. And he's wondering why he's not winning in life. It's because you're living by the enemy's rules. Oh, by the way, I forgot to give this. I'm super happy right now. Sometimes I get super intense and I forget to smile, but I'm good. Is everybody all right? All right, all right. I have everybody's friend in here. I promise you. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Pastor, I am excited about this series. You know what that does? Is that it, it gives us the opportunity to learn more about what's written therein. And there's a whole lot of truths that a whole lot of people don't talk about. But our pastor does. And boy, am I thankful so that we can live in victory, so that we can live in joy, so that we can live in, uh, in prosperity, that we can live in health. These are biblical truths. And thankfully, he slows down long enough to give them to us. But we got to choose to meditate on it. Observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. How more clear does it need to be? How more clear does it need to be? But we have a choice. We have a choice. And the enemy is after your mind. And we need to be renewing it daily. The enemy is after your emotions. And we need to make a decision to renew it daily. 
The enemy is is after your chick, after your after your kids, after your finances. You got to understand some folks. The enemy. It, it's not again. It's not that the enemy is any more alive than it used to be, but it is. It is. Uh, it, it has been revealed more than ever. And you have got to get out of a fleshly mind. You have got to get out of looking at everything through fleshly eyes. And you got to get into the spirit and say, what is going on here? And then gird yourself up and gird those around you up to make sure that they're equipped so they don't end up getting trampled out in this foolishness. Make sure your kids are being built up and girded up. There's somebody teaching your kids. I'll tell you that right now. You don't have any. What the hell do you know? Unbelievable. Anyways. <laughs> What do you know? <laughs> I am super sorry. I'm so glad Pastor's back up next week. All right, so. But somebody's teaching them. Let's make sure that we're built up and filled up so that we can put good in them. Let's make sure we're, we're, we're aware of what's going into their eye gate, going into their mouth gate, going into their ear gate. Because that brain is being is being equipped it's being developed your brain's a computer that is gathering information and then we walk out what's in that thing we have to be intentional about what's going into this thing and make sure that it lines up with the word and lines up with the spirit so that you can live a victorious life church let's go ahead wrapping up let's go ahead that and just make sure that we continue to invite 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 people out I know pastor doesn't talk about it much, but congregation, again, we have got a gift here. There is truth spoken, and people need the truth more than ever right now. And this is a place for them to belong. If we all feel that the truth is spoken here, and we feel that it's been a gift to us, let us not hold that back. And let's be intentional about, hey, you need to come visit RLC. It's as simple as that. Hey, you need to come visit RLC. That's it. Man, there's some really good word at RLC. You need to come visit RLC. We got a preacher that'll blow your hair back. I mean, he's so good. He lost all his hair. He's been blowing it back for 30-something years. You need to come out and hear this preacher. And let's pack this place out. I'm excited about this congregation growing. I know we may not have a building yet, but quit waiting around. There's, play, there's people right now meeting in church in a basement somewhere. They're still inviting people out. It doesn't matter the building, folks. It doesn't matter the building. I understand that, that societally, church has become, again, a marketing program. I get that. But hey, we just got to understand that people are looking for truth. And this is the place they're going to hear it and they're going to get it. So let's make sure we fill this place up. I mean, we, 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 it should be harder for, we need to make it harder for him to find a building. Got so many people coming. He's like, every Sunday we roll, we're, we're rolling by 10 folks, 10 new people every Sunday. Oh man, that building ain't going to work anymore. Oh, that building ain't going to work anymore. You know, sometimes as a congregation, we're, we're oftentimes waiting for the lead. But we have to understand that we're in this together. We're a body. Some of you function as ears. Some of you function as arms. Some of you function as legs. You, but you have a role. You have a purpose in this congregation. And I challenge you to be open to what that role is so that we can continue to grow and develop and reach more people for the kingdom. Because I got to tell you, there might be a thousand churches in Greenville, but this is one of them that's absolutely preaching the truth. God bless you. We love you guys. Thank you so much, Pastor. All right. Right up until about his last minute, I was about to say, finally, nothing to clean up. Nothing to clear up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But then he had to mention a bald head. And oh. But, but no, listen, I, there's brilliant. Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, I am so proud of this, I'm going to say young man, but my brother in Christ. And uh, I got one thing I need to say, and then you've got one more thing you need to do. Okay. And then we'll get you out of here. Over the years, one of the operations of the anointing that God has placed upon my life, and I shied away from it for many, many years, is because sometimes it's brought great sadness, other times gladness, but the ability to see someone's destiny. And the reason that's brought great sadness, and a lot of times when I, when I touch someone's hand, I know what's going to happen. And um, 
It's brought great sadness because I have actually, in my spirit, witnessed the decision that cost people their destiny. Mm. I knew it when they made the wrong decision. Mm. And then it's been other times when I know they're making the right decision, and that brings great gladness. But I'm saying that for this, that Lewis made a right choice. He could have chosen a church pulpit, and his gift would have been great and grand and wonderful. But he chose another pulpit. It's a pulpit nonetheless. But I want this to be understood, and I'm saying this to you from my heart and my spirit. Tens of thousands will find deliverance in Christ through the pulpit God has made available and Lewis chose. And I delight to see destiny unfold. Now, here's I told him he had one more thing to do. That which you are, you can speak to. When I was a missionary, many times God would have me have missionaries come forward and that which I had received, I could release and release them to their occupation as missionaries. I'm going to call upon one more gift that resides within Lewis, that which he is, he can speak to that which he's received, he can release. If you have a desire to already are or have dabbled in entrepreneurship, meaning whether it's sideline or mainline for you. I want you to stand to your feet. Even if you're not currently involved, but you got an idea of something that you want to release, you need to stand to your feet. Now, your responsibility is to speak to them. Just release. Speak a blessing out of your heart and release that entrepreneurial mindset and freedom to them. Absolutely. And then you are dismissed to go in the grace of God. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate that. (sighs) You know, um, again, the journey of entrepreneurship and business ownership and marketplace ministry, as I call it, can oftentimes be something that is a balance between the unknown and, and, and security and the balance between, oh, that's not smart, but this is smart. Uh, it's, it's, you've been, for many of you, have been programmed with the mindset of that there's one way to make income, there's one way to, to you know, create wealth in your family. And it's, it's a whole new track when you start to decide, hey, I'm going to go this path of entrepreneurship. And I'm going to go this path of business ownership. The most important thing I encourage for you is you have to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with other like-minded people. Um, You can't have entrepreneurial mentality or mindset with employee mentality and mindset. They're counterintuitive. They're not the same thing. One is safe, one is predictable, supposedly, and the other one is risky and unpredictable. But I got to tell you that that there is immense freedom in you understanding and learning how to stand on your own two feet. There is immense freedom and liberty when you put yourself in a position and learn how to write your own checks. It's important, I believe, that there's more people that stand out and step into entrepreneurship. People have to know that they don't have to be constantly manipulated and determined and decided about where they live and what they do and what they eat and where they reside, but there is a gift inside of you and a purpose inside of you that is much greater than that box. At some point, you have to step out and stop allowing a man or a woman to decide your value. You're worth more than that 3.5% raise that you wait for every 12 months. You're worth more than that, 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 that starting salary. that you, There's way more in you. The potential is much greater in you. The potential is much greater in you. But you just have to step out and test that potential. And you're going to have ups, and you're going to have downs, and you're going to have disappointments, and there's going to be times you're going to want to fall back to your comfort zone. But I challenge you to continue to move forward. You know, I think one of the craziest stories to me, but so relevant in our lives, is when the Israelites were freed from Egypt. And Moses was taking them through the desert, right? And I got to tell you, there's nothing more uh, uh, akin to business ownership than a desert. See, they don't tell you that, but I got to tell you like a friend, when you first get started, it's a desert place. You leave the familiar, you leave the safety, you leave the comfort, and you go to a very unfamiliar place. 
You go to a place that, that for a moment takes time to develop, but there is a promised land if you just continue through the desert. But you got the Israelites here, they're in a desert place. What was their knee-jerk reaction when things started getting hard? Go back. Go back. And some of y'all have stepped out in faith, stepped out in faith, stepped out in faith, and you keep going back to Egypt. And what you're doing is you are sacrificing what God is trying to do in you and through you in that desert place. You think about any man and woman of God that was used for a great purpose in their life, where did they have to go first? A desert place. Because there was some work that needed to be done on the inside and in the mindset. And that only happens outside of the comfort zone. That's outside of the comfort zone is where faith is activated, which is where miracles are activated. Don't be fearful of the comfort, don't be fearful of the uncomfortable. Be fearful of the comfortable. Don't be fearful of of, of, of moving on and succeeding. Be fearful of mediocrity. Dying with the music still in your heart. If there's anything I speak to you right now, it's that there is a rebirth of that song in your spirit. There's a whole lot of people that are, have died years ago and now they're just waiting to be buried. And that's not your purpose. That's not your calling. God still has a plan for you and it's why you're still standing here today. Still, still, God still has a purpose for you. It's why you're still standing here today. Be obedient. And walk in faith. Be obedient and walk in faith. Thank you so much, Pastor Again, Appreciate it. Love you guys.